the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome to another edition of Chair 2 Leaders. My name is Danny Smith, and I'm alongside Ben South, and we're excited to have you as part of the uh, podcast today, wherever you may be listening at. And we're excited, Ben, about our guest today. Mark Halleck is joining us all the way from Denver, Colorado, and uh, we're going to let him talk a little bit about ministry and what all is going on there uh, at uh, the Calvary Family of Churches. And before we get to him, Ben, uh, you doing well today? Uh, How's things going for you? Doing good. Summer's here, it feels like, and uh, we're getting ready uh, for convention, uh, heading to Nashville in just a couple of weeks, and so we're making all the plans there. It's going to be an exciting time, and I'm taking my kids for the first time oh, yeah, to the fun. convention, so I told them they get to go listen to preaching and go to a business meeting for three or four days, and they are just ecstatic about that. Well, they won't even be able to sleep a couple of nights That's before, right. just That's with right. that kind of description. You know, my kids are funny. Uh, they're, they're getting older now, and you know, probably like your kids, they have just been to church camp and mission trips and everything kind of church related. And so uh, I was telling them about the luncheon where, uh, and we're big Georgia fans, uh, where Mark Rick may be speaking and that sold it. They were like, okay, we can do that. We can do that luncheon. So it's the little things, man. You got to take and and get them there and and all that good stuff. You know, the, the important question is we're recording this sort of around Memorial Day uh, I'm pretty excited because we, uh, we're we doing something really Southern. We're doing a fish fry oh. for Memorial Day. So I'm pretty excited. That's pretty cool. fired up about that. Are you doing any, you got any, you barbecuing, you cooking out? You I, we probably will not. We just finished a remodel in our house. And yeah. so I have no one major, I have one major project left that's probably going to get done this weekend, Lord willing. Uh, and my wife willing that and she is willing so uh it will probably get done that's right she is willing for me to get it done this (laughs) weekend Uh, so that's the big memorial day plan for this weekend um but you know we're excited about all the summer stuff coming up and the day off work next week and so it'll be a good time with family well we're gonna have a good time today like i said we have mark halleck uh, that's uh, joining us today and and uh, Mark is uh, has done a lot of stuff. You know, you can find his uh, website at preachleadlove.com. I'll let him share more about that. But lots of resources that he and, and many others uh, have put together. And so I know this will be a great encouragement to you. And so, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, man, it's so good to be with you guys. You're making, now you're we're, making long for, for uh, Arkansas food, I guess. I know. Yeah, I, I, I sort of threw that fish fry in as a passive aggressive way of going, I'm gonna let Mark know we're having a fish fry. <laughs> I don't think I've ever even been to a fish fry, but I'm in. Yeah, you well, know you what? Need it to. sounds exactly like it is. So. It's wonderful. We actually have a church member who owns a catfish catering business. And so like anytime wow. we do a college meal or anything, it's like Call them. Let's see if they'll come cater it. And so we, they just come set up their truck in the back. We just, we'll put a parking spot for them there. And they just sit out the back side of the building and cook catfish. So, That's awesome. That's awesome. That's how do you know you're in the South? If, That's yeah, exactly man. right. You got, fly me down, degrees. man. Fly me down. I'm in. I would love yeah, to. Yeah. Fish fry. We should have done a live deal next weekend. That's what we should have done. That's right. So, live at the fish fry. 
Yeah, we'll have to bring you back and we'll do that another time. <laughs> if it's not 100 degrees with mosquitoes and frying, you know, fish, then you're not yeah. living all that good stuff. <laughs> That's well, Mark, we're glad that uh, you're joining us and, uh, you know, we'll just kind of jump right into it. Um, we're, we're passionate about trying to, you know, through this podcast, just help guys be encouraged, help folks that are serving specifically in that chair two leader role. And I know that um, where you're at, you, you have a lot of guys that uh, serve along with you. And uh, man, y'all are sending guys out to plant churches, revitalize churches. So I'd love to hear maybe just um, kind of out of the gate, just tell us about yourself, about the ministry in, you're in and, and how you got to kind of where you're at right now. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, um, yeah, I mean, I was in youth ministry, student ministry for, for many years, and I loved that. Loved working with teenagers. Um, the longer I was in it and the older I got and we started having kids, uh, there were several things that, that kind of start, God started doing in me. One is I just started realizing just how important it is that a church has a vision, a holistic vision for discipleship in the home and for kids. And that's one of the challenges, by the way, for a lot of even this podcast, second chair leader, like a like a student pastor sometimes uh, to implement a vision for like family discipleship if, if the lead pastor isn't totally bought in, you know what I mean? Or if other leaders aren't. And so anyway, I was in a great church. I loved it. But just began to feel like, man, I think the best way that I could potentially minister to families is by leading a church that re valued both um, student ministry in a traditional sense, as well as a, a very intentional emphasis on home discipleship. And so um, that was one of the things that kind of uh, was moving me out, out of student ministry into more of a lead pastor position, which quite frankly, I never really thought I would pursue. Um, but the Lord led in that way. Around the same time, I began, my heart just began breaking for uh, dying churches. We're just seeing in Denver more and more churches closing their doors and, and being torn down and apartment buildings going up. And, and uh, you know, the Lord just put on my heart this whole kind of vision for revitalizing dying churches. Well, anyway, those two factors were major in leading me to Calvary Church in 2009, which at the time was a a little dying church had about 30 people left and uh but sweet people man love jesus they're just worn out and tired and wondering if god was done with their church and the lord wasn't done with their church but they needed a pastor who could come in and shepherd them and love them and help them to begin living on mission and um and so that's where my wife and i ended up uh, making the move to little calvary baptist church in inglewood in 2009 and Make a long story short, God just slowly uh, began to revitalize and bring this church back to life. And uh, we never saw any kind of explosive growth. Um, our model is very much just a biblical model of expository preaching and shepherding people and living on mission. Um, but as God began to bring this church back to life, um, we began just then having a vision of multiplication and going, man, what would it look like if we could do this with other churches and other pockets of Denver uh, that need, uh, you know, a lighthouse of a church and a gospel centered kind of outpost in a community where there isn't one. And so it, that's when we planted our first church in 2013 in Littleton, uh, which is now Calvary Littleton. And through that process, we, we kind of a lot of our leaders began dreaming about what would a model look like? that was sustainable, where if you were uh, replanting a church or, or revitalizing or planting churches, 
there was there would be a deep sense of connection and care and radical sharing and cooperation so that it was a joy and it was sustainable you know in denver we see the church planners typically last less than two years and and it's hard and you guys know i mean church planning is hard danny you know that and i feel what i've seen over the years is the biggest reason is a lack of resourcing radical cooperation and care um not from a denominational level but from ascending church level from a uh, other churches partnering together um kind of level and so we developed what we call the calvary family of churches and we said look moving into the future as we as we multiply we want to make sure that this is done well and is a joy and sustainable and that means the old model of a guy parachuting in and here's two thousand bucks and a prayer is just not going to cut it and so anyway so fast forward to today we we now have 28 churches in our calvary family and uh a lot of those are church plants some are replants of dying churches about it's about half and half and um man we're just having a blast we're just we want to reach the lost we want to make disciples um our vision you know god kind of opened doors we're now outside of colorado we have churches now in nebraska and wyoming and idaho and california and just trying to be faithful um, so anyway, so as I, I serve as the lead pastor of Calvary Inglewood still, um, but I also serve as as uh, help oversee and lead the Calvary family of churches, which is a great joy. So that's a little bit of what's going on with us. Yeah, that's good. I, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, uh, Ben and I have talked uh, about this before. Ben was one of our um, main supporters when we were out uh, church planting. He was such a good advocate for us. And so um, you know, our heart really kind of looked that way as well, that that care, that networking. Um, you know, when we think about, you mentioned something kind of early on about, hey, this vision that God had put in your heart. And uh, I, I maybe want to go two ideas with this. One is, you know, sometimes if you're in that chair too and God has given you a vision, let's say, uh, you know, there's an apartment complex next door. God gives you a vision for that. But maybe the guy in the chair one doesn't quite see it. And for whatever reason, could be a very uh, innocent reason, a very positive reason, but for whatever. So talk about maybe if somebody's in a chair two position, not really in a position to maybe move out of that yet. What do you do with that vision when, you know, it's just it's in your heart, but maybe chair one's not seeing that? Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, a couple of things that come to my mind. One is and and I say this now being in, in a chair in, in the first chair, uh, but for many years was not. I think, you know, with anything, when you're talking about chair two, and I'm sure you guys, you talk about this all the time, is you've got to really be intentional to build a, a, a real caring relationship with that guy in chair number one. You know, I see guys in the second chair, oftentimes, sadly, who can complain about the guy in chair number one. He doesn't get it. He doesn't really see the vision. And I often say, well, man, first of all, you got to love him. You got to build a relationship with him. He may not know how serious you are about this. You know, he may actually be more of an advocate than you realize. But you got to work on that relationship, you know. And so I think part of that is is just pursuing the guy in the one chair, not not, you know, not with mixed motives, but because you're a Christian, man, you want to love him. You want to support his ministry. The, the first chair has unique pressures. It just does. And so then from there, I would say man, share your heart with that guy. <laughs> share your heart. I mean, I know for me, at least in, in, in being in a first chair now, man, I want to see those that, that uh, are on our staff, man, succeed. I want to see them do what God wants them to do. Um, I don't want to say, you know, 
I often talk about the difference between a posture of why should I let you and how can I help you? And I think there are a lot of first chair guys. I really do. And uh, I know I'm this way that is more of man, how can I help you? Let's do this. You know, we want to see the kingdom advance. And so it might just be, you know, having that courageous conversation and really sharing your heart with them, especially if you deeply care about it. Um, you might be surprised that they actually will get excited too and want to and want to bless you and, and do what they can to help support you in that. So what would you say are some of the keys to move? Because I, I can see where you'd have those. Why should I let you versus how can I help you? The idea of how do we move from if, if you've got a leader who is a why should I let you? Yep. What are some keys to move over and transition that to a how can I help you? Yeah, that's a great question, Ben. And the truth is, there's no easy answer to that. because <laughs> The difference between a why should I let you and how can I help you is a heart issue. Um, because what you're probably dealing with um Okay, in the best sense, you're dealing with a leader who just tends to micromanage, not not in any kind of uh, you know vicious way, but they're just that's how they're wired. They are they're more of a micromanager. The dark side of that is is they're not only a micromanager, but they're power hungry and they're control heavy, and they like to be in control. You know, they want this. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they may not say this, but they're thinking, I'm the one guy, and this is my church. And that's a hard issue. That's that's a lack of humility. That's a lack of understanding uh, and conviction that this is the Lord's church. It's not my church. Um, it's lacking a servant posture. So again, I mean, you know, what I would say is, you know, depending on how severe it is, I mean, one, I still think befriending number one is key because I think micromanagers or power hungry pastors um, don't trust many people. That's just the truth. And, and that may be out of their own insecurity. There's a lot of reasons. So you need to go the extra mile if you're on staff with that guy to earn trust. And you can't wait for them to pursue you. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. Don't be, you can't be offended that they're not calling you to go to, go to lunch. They're, pro, they're just not wired that way. So you've got to go the other way and you've got to go the extra mile, I think, to build a relationship with them and to build trust with them. Now that's no guarantee that they're going to become, how can I help you? You know what I mean? Um, I think obviously praying for them is key. Lord, help them to see, help them to see and fall in love with a vision that this is the Lord's church. It's not their church. I think modeling it in your own leadership with your leaders, showing humble leadership, um, showing him an example of what it looks like to be a, how can I help you leader with your volunteers, with whatever area of ministry you're in. I think that's huge. And then I do think, you know, if need be, I mean, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a really difficult situation um, and if, if you don't have other elders, but you have other pastors or you have a board, I don't, depending on your polity, um, it may, you may need to bring in someone else um, who together you can talk with them, another brother, you know, if, if, if it doesn't seem to be going anywhere, but I think you want to be really careful with that because again, high control leaders are not teachable leaders typically. And so um, you've got to be really wise and careful with that. What I would say is this, as a number two leader, control the things you can control and don't, don't, uh, don't worry too much about the things you can't control. And what you can control is you, your ministry, the people that are under your leadership, and you can pursue that number one leader with love and care and try to earn trust with them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think you're right on that. And that's one of those things that, it, and it's, it takes time. I mean, it's not going to happen quickly. It's going to take some, 
you know, you're going to have to stick with it and you're going to have to be faithful in every area. You're going to have to do what you say you're going to do over the long haul yep. to prove that trust. Amen. That's and, right. then it, and then it may still be a struggle even down the road. That's exactly those right. Those other tendencies are still going to come back even though they do trust you. So you're going to have to understand their personality a little bit and learn how to work in that system. Well, that's a good, that's a good word. And, and the truth is, guys, I mean, you've got to, at some point, if, if God has laid something on your heart, you're gifted for it, you're passionate about it, there may come a point where you're going to have to leave that church to pursue, to pursue that vision. You know, you don't want to leave poorly. You want to leave well. But you also have got to be obedient to the call of the Lord. You know, I mean, again, I, I'd been at the church I was at for over eight years and I loved it and I loved the ministry and th things were great. But I also knew that the Lord was calling me into, into another season. And, and again, if you know me, man, I am a huge proponent of long haul ministry. You know, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of jumping around a lot. I think two or three, four spots maybe in your career, like that's where you're going to be because ministry is about people. It's about relationships. Mm -hmm. But I would say if, if, if there's something on your heart that you know you've got to do and, and others see that, there's giftings, they confirm that, you may have to leave, uh, leave that church and go to a context where you can actually uh, see that ministry become a reality. So it's contextual. Yeah, and then that, you know, just one quick, you know, follow-up with you on that is sometimes when God puts that vision in your heart and you're excited about you're passionate about it maybe it's not necessarily working out for you to do at that church maybe you're not quite ready to leave also just see it as okay god just cultivate this in my life cultivate this passion this heart so Amen. that we either a chair one we roll with it together or b you move me out and i go do something in a different spot just be ready for that and cultivate it uh earlier you know when we were talking about you know implementing that vision the second kind of follow-up is um and this may apply more to your ministry context now is basically transferring those values now to those around you. And so in your present context, like you said, so the church you go to 30 people, they love the Lord, just really needed a faithful shepherd. And uh, now, you know, God has blessed the ministry to, uh, you know, encompass 28 churches in this Calvary family that stretches out. So how, how are, are you guys transferring those values? So, you know, it starts with you and now it's transferred to others. And how are you guarding that? How are you letting people speak into that? What does that look like for uh, for y'all? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, here's here's where it all starts, right? It starts with your where you are. I mean, listen, we never. It's not like we set out to plant and replant all these churches. You know, the calling that God placed on my life was to go be faith a faithful pastor in this church of thirty people, and to love every individual sheep in there and to, to feed them and to protect them and to care for them and to mobilize them to live on mission and to be who God called them to be. And so it's, it's a, it happens one life at a time. I can tell you that DNA is transferred one life at a time in the local church. And that's where, again, what Ben said, that's why it takes time. If you want to do it right, I mean, you could cut corners, but if you want people to really bleed what you bleed, like that takes a lot of time together and a lot of teaching, a lot of modeling, a lot of care over time. And so that's where it began in our church was just investing in the 30 who were there. And at the time we had, it was me and two deacons and the two deacons had been there forever and they were tired and, but they were good old guys. And, and I spent a lot of time with them and, and um, it was cool to see how the spirit kind of sparked new life in them and new passion and um, but investing in them. And then over time, we began getting younger leaders who were drawn to what was going on. They wanted to be part of it, whether they were, 
potential pastors or, or just other leaders in the church. And so I began early on to form a, a leadership group uh, that we met regularly and just to begin talking about just different issues regarding leadership, but particularly in the local church, building trust, leading with vision. Um, what is it? How do, how do you move from being just a visionary leader to a strategic leader? You know, these kinds of things. And so you've got to create a culture of leadership development, if that makes sense. It's got to be a culture thing. And then as our church grew, you know, with each new element. So, for instance, when I came, I think we had five children in the church. And so began casting vision again and developing, for instance, the children's ministry. What kind of children's ministry do we want to have at this church? What's it going to be marked by? What are those values that we have? And typically that begins with you as the lead guy. I mean, and you've got to, and you as a lead guy, man, at first, especially in a small church, you've got to have a vision for basically every area of ministry in that church because they don't have any vision. So you've got to help paint a picture. And then as we're developing children's ministry leaders, what do we want in those leaders? Um, we want them to be faithful to the word. We want them to be, to go crazy loving kids. We want to create an environment of joy and laughter and love. You know, we want to, we want a culture that's excellent. We don't want new parents to come in and be freaked out to drop their kids off. You know, we got to look like we have our act together. Even if we don't, we got to look like, it. you know what I mean? So, you know, these kinds of values are instilled in your congregation. Now, over time, here's where we are now. So, um, as we plant, replant churches and send out missionaries, we've developed a residency program that has four tracks. Okay. And, and I, I, I lead with what I just said, because it's really the same stuff as you grow. You know what I mean? If you're going to, if you're going to be a church planting church, then you've got to, uh, you got to invest highly in that church planner, his wife, their team in the same ways to help them, um, you know, plant in a healthy way, according to, you know, they're, they're learning from you for a reason, right? <laughs> they want to learn, they want to, they want to grow. And so you've got to, you, you've got to be ready to pour into them and, and to know what you're doing. So we have four tracks in our residency program at Calvary, and we share this among all of our 28 churches now. And so basically what you have is um, our local churches, we believe strongly in hands-on leadership and ministry experience. So um, you may be located in one of our congregations and that's where you're getting reps. That's where you're getting experience. But then you're also part of different cohorts to help you grow um, in your leadership development, your skills. And so these things. So let me just give you a quick overview of what we're doing. So four tracks. One is our church planting track. One is our church replanting and revitalization track. So those are guys who feel called to go into dying churches. Thirdly is our worship track. Um, so those would be those who are growing as worship leaders. Um, we ideally, when we plant or replant a new church, we like to send a worship leader to go with them. And then fourthly is our global missions track. So those would be folks in our congregations that are feeling a call to be sent um, out to the nations to, to spread the gospel. Now, within each of those four tracks, there are, we kind of have a three focuses and we just call it the head, the heart, and the hands, the head, the heart, and the hands. So each of those tracks basically breaks down into uh, different types of cohorts. Now, the hands piece is really that what I just described, the ministry experience that you're getting in a local church, right? You're getting mentored ministry experience with that pastor. Um, the heart and the hands is really focusing on head is uh, leadership skills, church planning skills, understanding what am I doing? How do I do it well? These kinds of things. 
the heart is is the heart. It's it's your walk with Jesus. It's your love for the Lord, your love for the word, your love for people, and these kinds of things. And so these three pieces are all essential in preparation, the head skills, the heart, and the hands. And so each of these tracks, again, is broken down into uh, regular cohort gatherings that focus on those different aspects um, that align with the particular track you're in. So church planning, replanning, um, worship leading, or missions. And that tends to be a nine-month program. And uh, oftentimes, most of our guys go through it twice, two, two years. So the first year would be more of a, well, we, we would call it more of a, a kind of experiential kick in the tires. I think this is where God's calling me. I don't know for sure. And uh, we, it's a very low pressure because, again, the last thing we want is to send somebody out who's not really ready or called to go. Um, but we also want to move with intentionality. And then that, and then basically we, we assess them at the end of that year. And if, if we feel good about jumping to a second year, that second year is more of a runway to actually plant or replant, if that makes sense. And so we review a lot of the same material. They have some different co types of coaching than they do in year one, but uh, it's basically a one to two year process. And um, anyway, so that, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. Um, but all of that, the structure is really set up just so that we can invest our lives as leaders into these other leaders. So um, when, when you go to look for those leaders, what are some of the characteristics you're looking for? You know, if you're out, yep. you know, scanning the congregation or, you know, a group of people, you know, bird dogging, what's, what's the person, what makes that person, yeah, this is somebody I think that could be a potential leader. What are, how do you yeah. feel about that? Yeah, that's good, man. Well, I, I think honestly where it begins is just desire. Like, mm -hmm. is there, or what I would call hunger, <laughs> is there hunger? Like, do they have a hunger to, to grow, to take this next step in their leadership? Um, either because they come to come to me or another leader and they're saying, man, I'm really praying about this and I feel like I need to pursue this. Or do we see potential leaders that may not come up to you because they're scared to death of it, you know, but you see it and you, you know, this part of as a leader, you got to draw stuff out of people. You got to recognize things that they may not even see in themselves. And so, um, you know, having conversations with folks and saying, man, I see these gifts in you. Have you ever thought about this? You know, um, as far as ministry, here, here's a, here's an, uh, an opportunity that we have at our church that might be really worth exploring, you know, that kind of thing. So I think there's got to be hunger there for sure. If there's no hunger, the last thing I want to do is have somebody in one of our cohorts that doesn't want to be there. Like I'm not, we're just not interested in filling slots, right? We, time is short. We need to invest in, in those who are hungry. And then I would say this, if there is hunger, then we're assessing things like we just use the C. So character, right? So, so what is their character? I mean, what's their heart? Like, is this someone who's demonstrated um, a real love for the Lord, a love for their family. Um, the two, the two biggest values we have at Calvary um, in everything we do is humility and love, humility and love. If there's not humility before the Lord, humility before others, and a love for God and a love for people, it's not going to fit our culture. So we're not looking for rock stars. In fact, we're looking for the opposite because Jesus is the rock star. He is the hero of this thing, not us. And so uh, we try to sniff that out really fast, to be honest with you. Um, and that's where we've had a lot of guys come through that that uh, actually we don't invite in because we just don't sense a real heart of humility and love. So there's character. And then obviously um, there's competency. That would be another C. 
Um, do we see legitimately there's there's some skills here? You know, we can develop these, we can grow in competency, but we're looking for that. And then the third one would be a commitment, you know, and that's kind of tied into the hunger. The difference is this, you can be hungry and not committed. <laughs> um, you can want something a lot, really bad, but still be flaky. We need both. We need both. So we don't want to just see hunger. You know, there's guys who are passionate about stuff. We need to see commitment. Will you be here weekend and week out? Will you be faithful to study? Will you be faithful to learn? So I would say those those are the things that come to the very top an initial hunger and the character and then competency and commitment. You know, the the commitment, the faithfulness out. We, we say often, you know, if we're needing teachers or leaders, look who's who's engaged already. Who's there? You know, yep. we, we don't reward unfaithfulness with leadership. So, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, right. how do you find the best leader for a group or a class? Well, it's not the person who's not coming to it. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, so it's true. not a goal to get them faithful to church yes. by giving them a leadership role. And that's a right. lot of this goes back, Mark, to what you're talking about, that this is long haul ministry. You know, yes. yep. most of what we want are quick fixes. Um, and, you know, we tend to look just at what's in front of us rather than going, a year from now, two, three, four, five, six down the road. And honestly, I'm getting it to a point in my life now where long haul ministry is really starting to take form in the sense of, I think I knew what I thought that minute 30, but now at 40, 41, 42, I'm like, okay, I get it. Mainly because now there's enough, I have enough years behind me to go, yep. wow, I can actually, I can actually see 50 and I can actually see 60 and even 65 right. if I were hard enough. And so, yeah, this stuff doesn't take place. I mean, you can't assess somebody's character in, in a short time. It's all long haul ministry. And I think sometimes in that chair too, especially we get, we get antsy. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, I, I will say that, you know, we were talking about earlier about, you know, maybe sometimes the chair one doesn't see things, you know, I do think there was a, a season of, of ministry life in our, uh, I, I don't want to sound, you know, in our country, like I know all that, but yeah. it, it seems like there was a season of life in ministry, maybe, my dad was a pastor, Ben, your dad was a pastor. And, uh, you know, where maybe a, a generation before us or however it was, yeah, I am the pastor and, and, and the buck stops here. And right. I do think there is a, a growing sense, though, of saying we need more. There's there's better value. Um, there's better value with, with more on the team. But again, just yeah. long haul ministry. So don't get antsy and think I got to go get that spot. You know, it's going to be gone or Yes. Let God form, let that formation really take place. And uh, boy, sometimes now I go, I wish I'd taken more notes five, 10 yep. years ago uh, as where I'm at today. So yeah, That's long haul ministry got to be a part of it. One thing on that long haul is it's going to be difficult. There's going to be difficult seasons. One of our pastors here and I were talking a week or so ago and it's like we were going through some you know, issues here at the church and was like, this is hard. And we were, but you know, there are missionaries who go hard places yes. all the time. What makes us think just because we serve in North America, it's not going to be a hard place as well. Ministry is right. just tough. And so it's yep. part of it is just, can you stick with it and yep. hang yep. with it long enough to get to that point where there's the fruit? Well, Ben, that's a good word. And I mean, this is where I would say guys for number two leaders for anybody, you, you have to spiritually, you have to understand that the Lord cares more about your sanctification and growing you in holiness and growing you like Christ more than anything else. And not only that the Lord wants that, but you've got to want that more than anything. You've got to want to, you've got to want God. You've got to want Christ. You've got to want to be like Christ more than any other desire in your life. 
Otherwise, here's the deal. And this is where we, we have to have a, a good theology of suffering, a biblical theology of suffering and pain that believes that, that the Lord does use all things for his good, for his glory and our good. You've got to believe that uh, we, you know, when James says, consider a pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, right? That, that he's using this to test your character and your perseverance. So there's more to this than just man, me and a job. This is a, the bigger picture here is there's a sovereign God who's called you to himself, who's most interested in making you holy, <laughs> who's most interested in being glorified through your life. And if that's not your, your greatest passion, then all you're going to do is skip from place to place because, because you're me focused rather than God focused. That's just the reality. Yeah, absolutely. This is such good, uh, such a good word, and I'm so thankful. Uh, you know, Mark, we uh, uh, we say this uh, seriously. We're going to have to bring you back because I feel like we're just scratching the surface on some of this, and I know um, that there's more we can talk about. I want to um, give you an opportunity to share maybe just a couple of ways people can connect with you. Um, before you do that, one of the things we're so thankful for is our sponsor for you know letting this podcast, letting guys get to hear. Um, your heart and uh, what God's doing there. So Ben, tell us about our sponsor for uh, today's podcast. We are thankful for our sponsor, Central Baptist College. They have a program, if you're in ministry, if you're uh, wanting to increase your skills and learn how God can use you in different places, whether it's in ministry or in other vocations, they have a program for you. They've got the Pace College degree program at Central Baptist College in Conway, Arkansas. They have a proven in-class online or hybrid course format with multiple degrees to fit your busy schedule. They know you can't always quit your full-time job and move to college, so they've developed a flexible format that has helped adults for 20 years earn their degrees while working full-time. So visit them at cbc.edu slash online. Check them out today. We're thankful for them. So cbc.edu slash online. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. Uh, boy, this was just great to to dive in with Mark today. And I've got a couple of pages of notes that I'd love to follow up on. And so we're going to have to to schedule that mark um one of the things before uh before we let you go out of here today uh, if somebody wanted to connect with you maybe you said something they thought man i'd like to follow up with that what's a good way for them to connect with you yeah i would say you know on social media um i'm on facebook and instagram twitter um i think my my twitter handle is just at mark halleck um email would probably be best though and so let me just give my email it's just it's mark um, what is it? It's Mark. I've got a couple of emails. I'm glad here's I'm the not writing. The one that does here's that. the writing. Here's the email you want to send it to. It's Mark M A R K at thecalvary.org. So Mark at thecalvary.org. And yeah, if you've got, if you want to talk, man, I'd love to. Um, God's allowed me to write some books on the topic of leadership and revitalization. And uh, man, would love to give you. I could. If you want a, a copy of those, I'm not doing that for money. It's to equip the church. So if there's something I've written, you can go to Amazon. Um, I would love to send you a free copy of whatever, eBooks or whatever. So anyway, you know, that's the whole point, right, guys, is we're here to help one yeah. another, to encourage one another and that's to glorify cool. Christ. So I would just say, yeah, anything, any way that I can serve you, that the Calvary family can serve you, man, we'd love to. We love doing it. 
Well, thanks for joining us, Mark. We'll put a link to your website and your stuff in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, you can do that. And Ben, Um, don't forget his podcast, the Acoma podcast as well. So where they talk a lot about these same things over and over again. So, yep. So check him out. Thanks, Mark, for joining us. Check him out on social media. Follow Chair 2 Leaders on social media as well. So you'll know about upcoming episodes and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.